There is a harsh reality in a real estate industry, and that is that 87% of agents are failing out of the business in the first five years. And last year, out of 1.3 million licensed agents in the United States, 10%, 130,000 of them got out of the business, and we're seeing that number increase here in 2023. Reality is, is this is all under your control. You know, you don't have to share the fate of the agents before you and, and the agents alongside of you that are going to fail out of the business. In this episode, Kyle and I are going to talk about the top six ways for real estate agents to fail in the business in hopes that this inspires you and gives you what you need to not be a statistic. I'm your host, Jeremy Smith, and this is our other host, Kyle Lindsay. Kyle, good morning. Good morning, Jeremy. How are you, brother? Man, I'm doing fantastic today. Awesome. Can't wait man. to talk about failure. <laughs> it's, it's, it's an exciting topic. <laughs> There's plenty of uh, material, right? right when exactly. it comes to failure, we, we're, we are no shortage of material. But let's talk about some success, man. What uh, What's some success you've had this week? You know, uh, just had a closing on a listing that was a little bit more difficult. Um, sellers had a property that needed some work, but they didn't really have the time or the cash to want to do any of that. Um, you know, we have some vendors that can do work without charging up front, but they didn't have the time. Yeah. And so it was a little bit more of a difficult sale in a time when the market is heating up, but, um, that one just closed yesterday. And so I'm pretty ecstatic for those people to move on and, and be able to, to, you know, move on to the next stage of their life Yeah, with that, with that out of their hair. Love that, man. That's what it's all about. You know, it's all about helping people that have entrusted us to move on to that next stage in their life. I've got clients right now that, I mean, we haven't closed on this house. It's not even a contract yet, but we had a, a big breakthrough this mm -hmm. week. So they're actually going through a divorce. Mm -hmm. And those are always difficult to deal with. There's so much emotion in families. And it's just, it's it's a really sad um thing to go through in most cases, mm -hmm. right? With this divorce, but the breakthrough we had, husband and wife were kind of at odds with each other. One's in the house, one's not. And we're, we're needing to do some updates mm -hmm. to the property. So I was actually able to um, give them some, some fresh ideas. Some of that comes from our weekly masterminds that we do here. Yep. Um, so give them some fresh ideas that we can do to, to mitigate the cost of doing some of these updates. And I actually was able to get them both on the same page. <laughs> they're both excited to move forward with what we're doing, and they're both in agreement and talking with one another about their particular roles and, and what we're doing next. So yeah. I thought that was a really big success. No, that's awesome. It's nice when your clients finally start listening to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and then, you you know, we can work past or work through the emotions. Right. You know, it's just, it, it's an emotional thing, especially yes. when your family's splitting up. Yeah, it, it's really tough, especially in those situations, because not only is the communication more difficult in those situations between the parties, but getting them to agree on something that's going to take longer and cost them some money, which the end result obviously will be a faster, easier sale and hopefully net them even more than they will spend on the repairs. But you're, you're trying to help them get to an objective that is going to put some barriers in front of them in the, in the short term for a longer term success. Absolutely. And then the other perspective of this too, is that I was able to do something to where they, they both see me as their ally mm -hmm. and working for both of them. And, and one of them is not like, Hey, I feel like he's working more for the other. Yeah. That's really important in situations. Yeah. 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 Just to strengthen the relationship with both of them through mm -hmm. helping them, um, 
solve a, a real life problem. Yeah. You know, super, super successful week, man. So congrats on your success. Yeah, congrats on your success. Thanks. I appreciate that, sir. Well, let's talk about some some ways to fail. We know through mentoring agents and training agents that failure is very common, mm -hmm. right? This industry has a very high turnover rate and it's so avoidable. Yeah. It's so avoidable. Like we don't have to have the turnover that we do. And I know a lot of agents get into the business because they're watching somebody who's being successful. Mm -hmm. it, they make it look easy. They don't see all of the work that they put in in the background. They don't see the long nights, the early mornings, the mm -hmm. struggle, the failure. They, they don't see that on social media, right? Yeah. They just see um, the new cars or the mm -hmm. new house or the trips or the, mm -hmm. the fun posts. And so they really don't have a perspective um, that's correct. And then they get into the business and they realize that this is a lot harder than, than what they see on the surface. Yeah. And, you know, to expand on that, I, I would say that they're probably looking at someone who is not successful, but portraying success yeah. in a way that most actually successful agents would not. Yeah, that's um, true. But they're buying into the, the dream of it with all the, you know, I'm not going to say everyone on social media is a liar, but you know, there's a lot of people that we know personally yeah. that have rented cars or paid for that hour in front of the jet or whatever that looks like rented the suit. Yeah. And they've done all those things and taken the pictures and presented themselves in a way that was untrue. Yeah. Um, and I'm not, again, you can create whatever image you want online, but what that does sometimes is it creates someone who wants to model themselves off someone who's actually not successful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that is a huge thing. And then when they hit, get hit with the reality of what it takes to actually be successful in this industry, um, it, you know, I, I really do think that when you look at that number, 8713 and 87% of agents actually fail, I think it could be flipped. Maybe there is 10 or 13% of agents that really probably aren't right for the industry. Right. But I would say the vast majority could be successful if they, well, when we get into these six things, we could actually master some of these and, and flip them around into successes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then, you know, in addition to the social media stuff, I think HGTV is a problem. Yes. When it comes to setting expectations, it's super entertaining, mm -hmm. right? Not realistic at all. Once right, you get right. into the business, you're like, okay, that shit doesn't happen. Um, <laughs> but it does set the wrong perspective for folks getting in. Like, you're never going to show somebody three houses and they're going to have to pick up the one. Right. Right. I mean, it just doesn't work if like that. only. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if you do a really, really good buyer right, consultation right. and you know you have complete clarity on what they're looking for, but that takes work, mm -hmm. right? It's not just one meeting and one afternoon of showing three homes and then right. boom, you're under contract. Like right. it's so much more than that. So let's get into these six things. Let's get into the six things that people can do to fail. So go ahead and get us started, brother. What's number one on your list? You know, so number one on my list, if you really want to fail fast, you know, and you really want to make sure you accelerate that process as much as possible, try to do this on your own. Yeah. Come into the business with um, knowing everything. You don't need any help. You don't need any guidance. You got this because whatever job you had previously obviously set you, you up for real estate, taught you all the skills you need. You can just come in and do it on your own. <laughs> Be that... Uh, that Lone Ranger. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So the flip side of this is what I really want you guys to hopefully take away from this is you can't do this on your own. Real estate is hard. Mm -hmm. There will be hard days where you need, honestly, so there's some days you just need emotional support. You need mindset help. Yes. And other days, which probably the, the vast majority of the time is you need help in training and guidance, especially as a brand new agent, you need a community around you that you can get answers from. Yes. You need help 
being pointed in the right direction, like where to prospect, you know, how to go about those conversations, script practicing. We mentioned earlier our listing masterminds we do every week. You couldn't do that without other people in a community. Right. You can't mastermind with just yourself. Right. Absolutely. And, and when you get in new, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And the only way to figure out what you don't know is either just to go practice on people, which we highly discourage you from doing that. (laughs) Well, if you want to fail, do that. But when you're learning from the lessons of others, like Mm -hmm. you're learning curve is shorter. Yeah. So that's a good one, man. Find that community. Unless you want to fail, then then be Rambo. Yes, sir. So what is is our our second way to fail? So one of the ones for me that's, that's really important, if you want to fail... Live your life willy-nilly. Don't have a schedule. Just wake up whenever your eyes open and just kind of go on about your day. Mm-hmm. Do, do do whatever comes to mind when it comes to mind and, and live carelessly through your day in real estate. Free, but A free-range agent. Yeah, free-range. Yeah, yeah. Free, <laughs> <laughs> free-range. Wander around at your own at your own detriment. And, and then, of course, the flip side to that is if you want to be successful, you've got to run on a schedule. You know, think back to whatever you did before real estate. If you were working at a business that you did not own, there was a schedule. Mm-hmm. You knew when you were coming, you knew when you were going, and you knew the duties that were yours in those hours where you were there working. I see most agents do not run their day like that. Mm-hmm. But the most successful agents do. They operate on a calendar. They manage their day down to the minute. Mm-hmm. They know what they're doing every moment of every day. Whatever they're going to do is on their calendar and whatever is not on their calendar doesn't get done. Mm-hmm. So living by a strict schedule, living by a calendar is the only way, in my opinion, to to being successful um and it's one of many ways to fail but but it's it's a sure guaranteed way to fail if you're just just winging it every day you know i i think this one is one of the most important Mm -hmm. um your time management is so critical because when you don't have clients what are you doing with your time yeah but even more important people think well once i get clients you know i'll just be taking care of them well it becomes even more important to master your schedule when you have clients, because otherwise they will dictate your schedule. hundred percent. You know? Yeah. And so if you don't keep up your, your lead generation and your setting appointments and keeping the deal flow, you're building your pipeline, you're setting yourself for a roller coaster ride that will eventually burn you out and put you out of business. Absolutely. That's where your peaks and valleys in your business come in. Um, you've got to set that schedule. You've got to honor it. And when you don't have clients, that schedule should be filled with practice and training and lead generation mm-hmm. and honor that lead generation when you when you get new clients, 100%. When you stop lead generating, that's the moment your business stops dying. And what one of my coaches says is that, hey, we don't have a time management problem. We have a choice management problem, mm-hmm. right? So you get to make these choices of what you're doing in your time. Fantastic. Or that's number two. That's my number one. What, <laughs> what is your number two? All right. So number two for me is uh, something I speak to a lot of brand new agents about uh, because when you come into the in the industry, obviously you need leads, you need deals, um, yeah. you need people to talk to. And one of the ways people think they're going to do this is they're going to get on every social media channel um, and do all the things and shiny object syndrome. My number two way to fail 
is do everything. Mm. Do all the social media platforms, do all the different lead generation tactics and don't ever master any of them. Oh yeah. Just yeah. do them all. <laughs> you know, it's even, you know, if you want to fail even faster, do them once and decide they don't work and then yeah. move on to the next one. Yeah. Do them one time. Yeah. Door knock, put your door hangers yes. on one time. I sent one round of mailers and I didn't get eight deals. So this doesn't work. Yep. Or yep. yeah, I door knocked once, had a bunch of people slam their doors in my face. This doesn't work. Yeah. I follow up with that lead once. He didn't answer. Exactly. They screw them. Yeah. Those leads suck. So, you know, and I'm um, so flipping this one back around. I like to teach new agents. You pick one, pick one offline and one online activity to begin with. Right. Now I do believe you need more pillars of lead generation than that, but not in the beginning. In the beginning, you're a brand new agent and your biggest opportunity really, and we've seen this throughout our entire careers, not just as a new agent, but your sphere. Yeah, 100%. If you're not calling and contacting your sphere right away, that should be your first offline activity. Absolutely. And get good at that. Um, moving on to that is online. I mean, and so when I say this, you can post on multiple platforms, but right. I would I would tell you, you don't need to create content for each individual platform. One online activity, you, you can start with posts, you can start with videos, whatever. Just do that. Unless you're already really good at social for some reason, don't bite off more than you can chew. Don't start thinking you're going to start posting eight times a day on every single social media platform. You're going to burn yourself out. Right. Get good at one, really good at one. And I would really recommend that being video, actually. And then you can build other layers on top of that with, who knows, carousel posts, just photo posts, whatever, later. Get good at... My, my two biggest recommendations is talk to your sphere right away and get good at video. Um, those will pay dividends big time down, down the road to get really niche down and tactical with you, but really just don't bite off more than you can chew in the beginning. Yeah. I love that. That's such great advice. And one thing I tell agents, something that I did actually a little bit of advice for, for y'all listening is like get a notepad and just brainstorm and write down everybody's name that you know, that's local to you. Mm-hmm. Everybody. I don't care if it takes you the whole notebook. Like write every single one of them down. Then go and find out where they live. Mm-hmm. Use tax records, get their information, get their their pro- their mailing address, put them in your CRM, mm-hmm. start a campaign. Yep. Those are the people that already know you, like you, and trust you. It's your fastest way to, to, to business. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a disconnect because I know a lot of agents are like, those are the people they're most scared to reach out to. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's a lot to unpack and, and the reason why. But yeah, I love that, man. Get, getting clarity, focused, not going too broad. Like be laser focused and a tactician in the beginning. Pick a couple things, get good at them before you start branching out. Yeah, and I think that's really just the, if we could boil all that down to one word is focus. Yeah. Is it's really easy when you're a brand new agent to see all these different lead generation tactics and mm-hmm. think you can do all of them well. Yeah. You can't. Right. You really need to focus on one or two and get really good at them before you add a third and a fourth. Yeah. Yep. And what I've learned is that all of the things work. Mm-hmm. All yeah. of the things work, but they only work to the extent that we are willing to master them. Spend yeah. the time and master them. So, man, that's that's perfect. Yeah. Focus on a couple. All right, sir. What is number four? All right. Number four, my number two is agents that uh, that fail. They do not study their craft. Or become experts at anything. Right. So if failure is your goal, don't study and don't strive for mastery. But if you want to succeed, you have to do that. Mm -hmm. Right. So what I tell agents all the time is like, hey, these contract documents, these are your tools. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. These are the tools of your business. A plumber, an electrician, any any craftsman, a mechanic, what have you, like they all have tools, mm-hmm. right? They operate with tools to do their job. They have specific tools for specific situations and they have to know how to use those tools in order to fix whatever it is that they're fixing, right? Well, contract documents are our tools. And it just, it saddens me to see how many agents do not put forth any effort to learning those documents. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll learn it later. I'll learn it while I'm going through it. And da- no, like you've got to get in there. You've got to learn it. You know, you've got to understand what the process of buying or selling a home is so mm-hmm. that you can then guide somebody through that process. If you don't learn what the process is, then there, there's no way that you can guide somebody. And I tell you what, like I've gone whitewater rafting before. If I didn't feel like the dude who was controlling the boat and guiding us down that river knew what he was doing, there would be no way in hell I'd get in that boat. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> right? Okay, well, and then how do I know? Right? How do I know that this guide knows what they're doing? Well, they're on the website. Like I can look them up. We're going to have another another episode about that, right? What people are, or their perception of you, right. right? But it goes to to that, you know, is I can look them up. I can see what does their website say? How much experience do they have? How long have they been doing this on this river in this particular location of the river, mm-hmm. right? So it's the same thing with us as we're guiding people through, like they're not going to follow you if they think you're going to get them lost. Yeah. And that's easily identified when you're the one saying, um, I think this means that, uh, let me read that, uh, the, and, the, and, and you're stuttering and right. you know, you're not talking intelligently or confidently. But mm-hmm. if you do talk intelligently and confidently, it's, it's because you know what you're talking about. Yeah, it, it always blows people away. It's, I mean, and it's funny because it actually blows agents away more than the clients when I can actually quote – like which paragraph of the contract I'm referring to and what it says. Yes. You know, and just one of the main, one of the main three things people hire you for is contract negotiations. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know your contracts, how can you negotiate it? If the only thing you can negotiate is a price, you might just get slammed on the other terms of the contract because you didn't understand them. Absolutely. Through our mentoring coaching, we've seen agents give really bad advice. Yes. And we've luckily been able to step in and hopefully correct some of that. I'm sure there's plenty of bad advice we don't see out there in the uh, agent world. But it's always amazing to me when I get a contract as a listing agent from a buyer's agent and I look at it and it is heavily skewed in our favor. And I don't think they meant it to be that way. But they're just terms they didn't understand. Yeah. And it's like, I go back to my clients. I'm like, sign this immediately before they realize what they did. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I've seen that so many times. Or like, you know, what we saw in 2020, 21, 22, mm-hmm. like heavily, all all the contracts are heavily favored in the seller's right. favor, right? And then we see some of the same stuff being put into contracts in a whole different market where buyers have leverage. right? But the agents are, like you said, still putting, hey, a three-day option period right. and $700 option money. And then we're not even in multiple offer situations, right. but that shows a lack of understanding. I had an agent, um, you know, getting slightly off topic, but I had an agent actually submit to us a, an appraisal waiver in a non-multiple offer situation. And I asked her after we went under contract why she had done that. She thought that's the way you, you write contracts. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, okay, well, we appreciated it, but you know. Right. Yeah. Thank you for, <laughs> for that. But uh, yeah, that wasn't in your client's best interest. Right. Right. And, and, and then, so even breaking that down further, Let's say for some reason the buyer 
felt like they had been misrepresented. Mm-hmm. Then they say, hey, we're going to file a complaint. That goes to Trek. Trek investigates. And they say, oh, you filed this appraisal waiver. Why did you do that? Well, I just thought that that's what, mm-hmm. well, that's no excuse. Right. You know, ignorance is, is no excuse from knowing the rules. Yeah. Right. Or, or being competent, mm-hmm. really. It, it boils down to competency. You know, we're supposed to be competent. So I think there would be something for those folks to say, hey, my agent failed us. And Trek may take some, you know, disciplinary action. Yeah, 100%. Well, I mean, so, yeah. So learn your contracts. You'll negotiate better. You will represent your clients better. You mm-hmm. will demonstrate more authority. And you might even avoid potential lawsuits. Absolutely. So many <laughs> benefits to that, man. Study and become a freaking expert. Mm-hmm. Experts make more money than novices. 100%. All right. Cool. All right. Dead horse is beat, man. What's, <laughs> what's your number three? All right. So number five on the list, number three in my heart. Um, <laughs> is uh, you, if you would like to fail and you like to fail fast, I want you to inflate your ego. Yes. You need to have a chip on your shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of ties in with what we just talked about. And even my number one, because you know, everything already, you're better than everyone else. You don't need any help with anything. Um, there's nothing left to teach you because your ego is so big. It's so big. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, scared, I mean, scared to make mistakes. So you fluff it with your ego. Yeah. No, I'd love to see this person in particular do one deal and start their own course, yeah. start selling everywhere and how to succeed in real estate after their first deal mm-hmm. and go get their broker's license. Well, they should. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> S- screw time frames. <laughs> go get your broker's license. Yeah. So, you know, I, I see this. I see this mainly in a lot of older agents or people that have been around that are not successful. So um, one of the big running jokes, I think, in the real estate industry is that agent that calls you up. And the first thing they say is, I've been in the industry for 15 years yeah. or I've been in the industry 25 years. And in that same time, they've only done 25 deals. Yeah. And it's, you know, it, we, we, we laugh about this, but experienced agents don't say that. No. People that do 20, 20, 30 plus deals a year, we, you don't say that. No. no. Um, we're not leading with ego. Mm-hmm. Mo- I can't speak for everyone. There are some, but for the most part, most of the actual successful agents I, I talk to are still some of the most humble, gracious, like professional people. Yeah. And you wouldn't even, if you were just talking to them in a coffee shop or whatever, you wouldn't even realize they just did 70 deals last year. Right. Um, and they're always and you know, one of the, the Smith team core values is an eager learner. Right. That is you, you cannot be successful if you're not an eager learner and you can't be an eager learner, if you have a big ego, you, you absolutely cannot, you know, and this is a, a relationship based business, you know, and, and it's harder to develop a relationship with somebody who has a big ego from my, my experience, mm-hmm. you know, it's, they're the know-it-alls. And so yeah. when, when we say relationship based business, it's relationships all around, you know, going back to the community thing, mm-hmm. right? Is, hey, this is, you're building relationships with clients, of course, but you're also building relationships with other professionals in your industry. Now, you can build relationships with the 87% that are going to fail, <laughs> that aren't going to get you anywhere, mm-hmm. or you can build relationships with the 13 or even the top 1% that are succeeding, but you cannot do that if you have an ego. Yeah. Because they're going to want to teach you. Like most people, who are super successful in real estate are very collaborative. Mm -hmm. They give freely of their knowledge. Like they want to see you win, right? They have that mindset. But if you go in there and they're like, Hey, do this or do that. And your response to that is, Oh, that's not going to work because of this. Or, Oh, I already know. Mm -hmm. I already know. I already like, they're going, they're going to stop giving you any advice. 
And such a great example is we had an agent on our team, fantastic guy. We love this guy. And, but when he f- was first on the team and started getting started with us, we would, we would impart wisdom and knowledge and show him our processes. And he kept trying to change them. Mm-hmm. He kept thinking he knew better. Yeah. Um, and I don't think he even realized he was really doing it. Um, and some levels he did, but he kept trying to change things. And every time we, we would, we would sit down on one of his presentations, it was different than the way we were teaching him. And we finally got him to get past his ego. Yeah. And he did the presentations the way we we're talking and he landed, he's landed three listings now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just it's like, amazing. you know, I think it, you know, I'm not saying you can't customize or you can't change things to fit you, but in the beginning, especially as a new agent to make it out of that 87, get to the 13%, listen to the people who are trying to impart wisdom on you. You need to be humble enough to actually accept that wisdom and maybe even some constructive criticism along the way Absolutely. to make yourself better. Yeah. And then you got to give it time, mm-hmm. you know, like I said earlier, like try a thing, you know, as instructed, mm-hmm. right? Now, don't tweak it, but try a thing as instructed for three to six months, yeah. you know, and, and, and sometimes it's going to take that long before you start seeing the success in those things. But man, the ego is, is a killer, man. That, yeah. that, that is a killer of business. Like you said, without, with a big ego, you are not coachable, which right. means you're not learning. Yeah, and you're gonna you're gonna piss a lot of other agents off. Trust me, there's there's definitely agents I've done one deal with, and I will never do one do mm-hmm. another one. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, you probably won't have to. Probably, yeah, they'll, for sure. They'll probably be working back <laughs> wherever they were before exactly. before they started in the business. And like I know a, that sounds harsh, guys, but I'm just being real. Like this, we we see this. Yeah, like the first time you see an agent you used to deal with pouring your coffee for you. <laughs> <laughs> We're laughing, but it's happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shoot, I've had agents uh, that have gotten out of the business and then called me to sell their home. Mm-hmm. It happens. Yeah, and it happens. But stay humble. Yep. Right. Kendrick Lamar's got a good song about that. <laughs> Sit down, be humble. Good one, man. So my last one, number three for me, uh, number six on our list, but. These are not like in in level of importance. These are all number one, honestly. Yeah, yeah. These are, <laughs> I mean, time management might be, I think, one of the most important. But these are all pretty split in hairs. Exactly. They're they're all in the same number one bucket. Um, this is a business. It is hard. It's a lifestyle change. You've got to just accept this stuff and either do it or or do not. Right. The good thing is you have the option. Um, but last one for me is learning how to be a salesperson. Mm. I hear so many people that are licensed in real estate and say, I'm not a salesperson. I'm in real estate. I'm a consultant. I'm not a salesperson. I don't sell anything. And if I'm being honest, like I had that mindset at one point in time. I figured, hey, I can just build this business on relationships, which is a good start. Mm Mm-hmm. But if you don't have sales skills, you'll never be able to close anything to the extent that you want to. Mm-hmm. You're going to limit yourself without sales skills. And what, in my opinion, what we're selling is our service. Mm-hmm. Like, are you are you selling somebody a house? Well, there's a conversation behind that. Like, me personally, I wouldn't want to convince anybody to do anything that's not in their best interest. Right. But going back to, you know, understanding, you know, through different ways, understanding what the client's interests are, understanding what the client's needs are, 
understanding what their goal and their time frame and the big picture. Mm-hmm. If you know that, well, now you can use sales skills to get them to do something that you know is in their best interest. Yeah. Hey, they may be scared to write an offer, right? They may be the fr- this may be the first time. They may be scared to accept an offer or or whatever you know they're going through. But if you have a full understanding of their situation, now you can use sales skills to get them to take a move or an action that is actually in their best interest and they will praise you for that later on. Mm-hmm. So it's all it really depends on how you use it. Right? Get your sales skills, but don't be a freaking used car salesman, right? <laughs> <laughs> Get your sales skills dialed in and use it for good. And not that used car salesmen are bad. I'm not saying that, but if you're a used car salesman listening to this. <laughs> yeah, if you're a used car salesman and you think about getting your real estate license, call me. Um, <laughs> Because you have skills, right? You've got yeah. sales skills that, mm-hmm. that are definitely transferable in, into real estate, but you have to focus on your sales. Your sales skills are what's going to get you in front of more people. Mm-hmm. It's what's going to help you get people off of that ledge of, hey, do I take action or not? Mm-hmm. It's going to help you so much, even dealing with other agents, and we can get into negotiations, but definitely sharpen your freaking sales skills. Honor the fact that your license says real estate salesperson. Right. And you are a salesperson. This is a sales industry. It's commission-based. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to sell. If you think that you're going to get into this industry and not develop sales skills, you're going to be limited in the amount of business that you can do to the people who already know and trust you and, and maybe give you some referrals. But you're going to have to know how to sell. Yeah. I love this one because like you, when you first start, you don't, you don't, it was almost like a shock to me when I realized that I was a salesperson. Mm-hmm. Um, even though, like you pointed out, like your license says real, like real estate sales associate. Yeah. And whenever you, you know, when you, whenever someone buys a house, you don't say, oh, I just consulted this house off the market. <laughs> you know, I sold the house. Right. It, I sell, I sold this house to this person, but like you said, you know, I'm not actually selling the house. I'm selling ideas. I'm selling services. Mm-hmm. Um, I am, you know, in some ways that like, you are a consultant. Yeah. You're a guide. Absolutely. But, you know, but really what you're doing is you are selling ideas and services to people so that they can get past, honestly, through past their own BS mm-hmm. and make a good decision that's really good for them. Absolutely. You don't like, and you don't want to use any of these skills you develop to do something, I won't say evil, like it's some, this big overarching thing, but you don't try to force someone into a situation you know is not good for them. Right. I think that's where people get the the dirty word of sales. Like we think of the telemarketers and exactly. we think of the people that in our past that may have convinced us to do, to do something that mm-hmm. wasn't in our best interest. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about developing relationship based sales skills to build rapport, to build trust, to help someone overcome a problem and, and get them to an end result that they, that is actually beneficial for them. Absolutely, man. That That is absolutely right. And, in this market that we're in, we're seeing so many people get out mm-hmm. and we're seeing the ones that are left are the ones with the sales skills. Yeah. The ones that are left and that are that are thriving. Because there's still a bunch that are here that are struggling. Mm-hmm. You know, they just haven't made that exit yet. But the writing's on the wall. Mm-hmm. You know, and unfortunately from from what we've seen, a lot of those folks are just the ones that just refuse to go out there and learn. Yeah. And develop that skill set. Good stuff, man. Well, thank you, Mr. Kyle. Guys, those of you listening here, if you guys would like more information or some free coaching on how to address any of these six topics, 
I want to offer you guys a one-on-one coaching session, 30-minute coaching session here in the call in the uh, show notes. My Calendly link will be there where you guys can schedule at your leisure a free one-on-one coaching call with me. I promise you I will not try to recruit you or sell you anything on that call. Um, I just want to give back. You know, eventually um, that will grow. But for now, I want to give that for free to you guys. So go to the Kellen link, schedule your one-on-one appointment at a time that works for you. Who knows? Maybe down the road, we'll be business partners in some sort. But for now, let me help you. Right? Let, let me help you improve in one of these six areas so that you're not on the fence about whether or not you need to stay in the business or you need to go back to doing what you were doing before or something new. You know, you've invested a lot of money. You've invested a lot of time. People are watching you. Let's make this work. Like not, do not be one of the 87%. Kyle, as we wrap this thing up, man, on top six ways to fail in real estate, you have any other suggestions for those listening? Believe in yourself. This, this industry is hard and it will take time. Um, it'll take mental fortitude to get through some days. But I think if you can listen to this and you can see that we're, you know, trying to really help and show you that, you know, there will be failure along the way. Yes. You can't build success without failure. But these things don't have to hold you back. If you can do, if you can start mastering these six things and every day get a little bit better, there's no way that you will not succeed. Love it. Great advice, guys. Thanks for listening. This is the How To Real Estate Podcast. Thanks for listening. Subscribe, and we'll see you on the next one.